0: You know, a theme for this weekend when it comes to the games
1: is that this weekend, and really almost every single weekend, is chock filled with games where teams just don't close out. Meaning that they do not win the game within the final moments of the game or in the final quarter of the game, or they do something to allow their team, to allow the opposition to make some type of dramatic comeback and take the lead and take the win away from the team. Or uh, they fail to take the lead from the other team, even though the other team has allowed them multiple times, multiple opportunities to potentially win the game. That's what closing out or failing, more specifically, to close out means.
0: And so here, we have an interesting game tonight. Miami versus the Chargers, which it's been okay. Hasn't been great. It's been okay. Miami
1: right now is down by nine points, essentially two scores, and it's all wrapped up. Miami fans showed up and showed out. Justin Herbert was just too great. And I've talked about the reason, or one of the many reasons, why I like the Dallas Cowboys, This year especially. The reason why I like them this year is precisely for the reason why Miami is losing this game. They are failing to close out. Tua has been below average tonight. In a head-to-head matchup against the guy that was drafted behind him. With better weapons, with better coaching, with, in my opinion, a better overall football team that is healthier. Tua has been playing very, very badly tonight.
0: And it's, it is not even close. He's, he does not play very well. And it reminds me of Miami last week. Where, okay, Miami has a bad game
1: against the 49ers last week. But this week, they couldn't generate anything really in the second half. Really at all. They had one really, really awesome touchdown with Tyreek Hill. Where Tyreek Hill is uh, recovers a fumble and... He somehow runs, like, it was like a rugby, what was it? It was like a rugby uh, pile. I I don't know anything about rugby, but the ball comes out of the pile, Tyreek Hill picks it up and he runs uh, all the way down the football field for like a 40, 50, maybe 60 yard touchdown. And that was one of their two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert before Tua and the Miami Dolphins uh, current drive that I'm watching right now. Tua has essentially done nothing for the entirety of the second half. I haven't even looked at his numbers yet. Let me check him out. Yikes. Tua is 8 of 24. He's throwing 30%. I knew he was bad. I knew he was playing bad. I did not realize he was playing this bad tonight. He just completed, I think, two back-to-back catches, so he's a little bit better than... His numbers are a little bit better than what they are. By the way, Miami has run out of timeouts. It's essentially game over. They're down by two scores. I kind of just wanted to get this podcast out and then watch Rick and Morty. Super excited. And then also watch the Breakfast Club tonight as well. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how much time I got left. Probably not. I got to be up. Got to be up in the morning. Got to go to the gym, pump some iron, lift some weights. Took, a, took two days off this weekend just because of how sore I was. And I'll go back to the gym tomorrow. But Tua is, look, I love Tua. I think people will change their opinions about Tua here in the next 24 to 48 hours, and they will say that Tua is not a very good quarterback. They will make the exact same mistake that they made about two months ago, really almost three months ago at this point in time. Three months ago when the regular season was starting, everybody said, and the consensus essentially was, that Tua Tagovailoa is not the guy that Miami needs and has, needs to have to, in order to win football games. And I said, everybody, take a chill pill. And Tua's won eight games. And he's won great, great games as well. He beat Buffalo. He's won a lot of football games. It's just that Tua, I've said it since essentially they got drafted. I said, Justin Herbert is a better quarterback. Could you imagine if Justin Herbert was on Miami, Tua was on the Chargers? Can you imagine how how much better Miami would be? Because I think Justin is much better than Tua. I thought so in the draft, and I think so now. But it has nothing to do with his arm strength. Even though his arm is obviously weaker than Justin's, it's weird how inaccurate Tua has been all night long. It's weird. It's, It's so weird. It's also weird as well to watch to a play because he's a left-handed quarterback. But it's weird to watch him be so inaccurate so consistently with the football and have about three or four opportunities in the second half to maybe not necessarily take the lead, but at least
0: cut the lead to a smaller margin and in some cases really win the fucking football game. I feel like they were close for huge swaths of the game And Justin
1: Herbert just went down on the football field in one of the final drives of the game and bada bing, bada boom, Miami goes down by nine points. It's starting to look like this is all she wrote for Miami. And I kind of had questions about Miami throughout the entirety of the season. My question was, how far could they go in the playoffs? And I always think you you can't turn it on and off. You can't play a couple of bad games, and then play a couple of good games. I don't believe that's, that's the case. I think you have to play consistently. I think you have to constantly win games. I think you have to be a consistent
0: playing football team. And Miami has played throughout the last couple of weeks consistently bad. It is what it is. Specifically our quarterback. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I remember a couple of weeks ago,
1: how comparing and contrasting how explosive Miami's offense was, I thought that they could contend with the Chiefs, and I I don't think they can contend with the Chiefs. I don't. Not at this point, not at this time. I I don't think they can contend with the Chiefs. I don't think they can beat the Bills here in a couple of weeks, if not next week. I don't know when they play the Bills, but I think they have another game against the Bills. In Buffalo, either this weekend or next weekend or in three or four weeks. I don't know. But I don't think they'll be able to beat the Bills. Because they're not beating, to me, a team that's like a fringe playoff team to a playoff team in the Chargers. And they've struggled all game. Very, very disturbing. I don't have really a lot of questions about Tua. I, think, I just think that he will be probably a good quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think he'll ever be elite. I think, he'll be, I think he'll be good, but this game where everything was essentially stacked in his favor and he still lost it. You know what it reminds me of? Six years ago, I saw Dak Prescott go up against Carson Wentz on Halloween night. Never forget this game for the rest of my life. Dak Prescott into the draft. People actually think that Dak Prescott should be a tight end. He should be a tight end. He's not as developed. He's athletic, but he can't be a quarterback. He'll never be a quarterback in the league. Tony Romo gets hurt. Kellen Moore gets hurt. Dak Prescott has to start. Loses against the Giants week one. Wasn't his fault. Terrence Williams. I'm still talking about how he needs to get run out of bounds. But throughout the next couple of games, three, four games, Dallas goes undefeated until they run up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And this was the battle of the young quarterbacks. Dak Prescott versus... Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, the fourth rounder versus Carson Wentz, I think the second, third overall pick. It was a night to remember because Dallas beat Philadelphia when Philadelphia had better coaching, when Carson Wentz was supposed to be the better football player, and Dak Prescott
0: just made plays. Made plays, especially in overtime at the end of the game. He just made plays. That game reminded me
1: of just one guy that was just Granted, Dak was at the time on the better team, but as the years and years and years went on, it's obvious that no matter what team Carson Wentz has been on, he has always been worse than Dak Prescott outside of I guess one year—the MVP year that people wouldn't stop referencing for like five years when it related to Carson Wentz. They just kept on saying, "Oh, what about what about 2017? What about 2017?" I'm like, that was a year ago in 2018. They were like, but what? It's, it was only a year ago. I'm like, well, but it was two years ago in 2019. Three years ago in 2020.
0: Four years ago 2021. And then five years finally this year. I'm just saying. There's a lot of similarities with it. There's a lot of similarities to it in the sense of Tua just... Tua didn't make enough plays tonight. And he wasn't very good tonight. Hold on. Okay. There was an onside kick that just happened, and uh, it was it, it. looked close,
1: man. Like the returner, ugh, the returner had uh, had like muffed the uh, the freaking kick, and I was I was like, uh oh, it was close <laughs> for like a couple of seconds. I was like, uh oh, is Miami about to make a comeback? As I'm talking about how bad Tua has played tonight, like no, no, they have not. So. I thought Miami was uh, was going to stop the
0: yard against the Chargers. That did not happen tonight. They got stomped. It is what it is. It happens. Shocked that Justin
1: Herbert was able to win this game. Justin Herbert was able to win it. He threw it 51 times. Their running game was essentially non-existent. Threw it 51 times. Completed 39 passes, 367 yards and a touchdown. And you want to know what? I still feel like he kind of uh had to freaking be Superman tonight. I mean, not even, I feel like that's what happened. Justin Herbert had to be Superman. Two Attack of Iloa had awesome backs. He has an awesome coach and he has awesome wideouts. And he just was off all night long. And again, I have very, very rarely seen a quarterback throw for almost like 30%. And he did. He, he, he had some completions towards the end of the game, but he was 10 for 28 for 145 yards. It was, it was a whole lot of yikes tonight. It was like, yikes. You can kind of shut down the Miami Dolphins running game. And when you put pressure on Tua, and it's pretty easy to do because there are some gaping holes on the Miami Dolphins offensive line. When you can put pressure on Tua, it's, it's not pretty. I saw, you know, there's this interesting statistic on Dallas's offensive line. They're one of the, uh, uh, the offensive lines that gives up the least amount of sacks. But when you watch Dak Prescott play, and the Dallas Cowboys play, you watch Dak Prescott get rocked a lot. Not because he holds onto the ball for too long. Oh, Dak Prescott, I don't know. It's not that. It's that his offensive line is deceiving. Dak is overcompensating for his horrendous offensive line. He's able to get the ball out quick. He's able to audible and pre-snap and do all of these other things that help his offensive line more so than it helps him
0: because Dak Prescott still, after adjustments, takes shots. And I'm not one of the types of
1: again. I'm not out on Tua. I just think he had a bad n- night tonight. I think he had a bad game. And I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not the type of person to emphasize a point and then try to de-emphasize it later. It's no these games in December they matter. These games in November they matter. The Chargers could have potentially have been eliminated from the playoffs, or maybe not even eliminated, but had a huge setback tonight. Instead. They got set up for huge success with this new win. They're now 7-6. and six. Miami is 8-5. They now have the tiebreaker against Miami, and they're one game behind them. So if Miami loses another game, which is very, very likely, because next weekend they go up against the Buffalo Bills, and then the week after that they go up against the Packers, the Patriots, and then the Jets. They could lose one or two of those games. And if they do, and if the Chargers essentially went out, Chargers are, are in the friggin' playoffs. I don't know. I worry about the Chargers now. I'm a little bit worried because I don't know uh, how, how Tua is going to kind of rebound from this. This loss is as big of a telling point when it comes to his game as it is to his response. You know, like, what does he do after this game?
0: Because he didn't play very well. He goes up against the Bills next week. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Anyways That's kind of what I got for you today
1: I was watching The Tampa Bay Buccaneers Because that was the game that I had Tampa Bay versus the 49ers It was I think America's game of the week So a lot of people Got it including myself And we probably Shouldn't have Shouldn't have gotten it It was was a
0: blowout It was It was it was a blowout. <laughs> it wasn't very good, and
1: it was seven to thirty-five. The final score really wasn't even wasn't even that close. I think the whole Brock Purdy thing is super interesting now because again, they've beaten like two good teams with Brock freaking Purdy. Oh my goodness! But the two games, not the two games, but Brock Purdy is now. Kind of a he's kind of a quarterback. He's kind of a quarterback that you have to watch out for and that you have to prepare for. I I mean he's a rookie, so he should. He shouldn't be playing this good because he's a rookie. But I mean he is, so we'll see what happens at a later point. But Brock Purdy played awesome. Tom Brady did not. Tom Brady was as bad as Tua, to be honest with you. They were both they were both horrendous tonight, man. Oh, my goodness. They were both terrible. And there was this interesting article that came out earlier today from Ian Rapoport. Uh, Buccaneers, the, the title of the article is Buccaneers Tom Brady, considering all options as would-be free agent. Uh, essentially meaning that he may consider leaving Tampa Bay and he may consider joining a football team I'm hard pressed to find a football team that would take Tom Brady right now. He played horrendously tonight. He played badly, and to be honest with you i I'm not one of the types of people that reads into the whole you know like i don't know what i don't know what happened I don't know what happened with him and his former wife Giselle Bunskins' marriage and the stipulations uh, in regards to that. Apparently, there were rumors coming out that if he went back to playing football, that then she would divorce him. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's essentially one of the rumors that's going around.
0: If that is true, oh my fucking God. <laughs> that, is, that is fucking horrendous
1: for him because... Tom is Tom is Tom can't play football anymore. We know now the age at which the greatest football player of all time falls off the proverbial cliff. it's 45. He has been pretty much bad all year. and in my opinion, way too many people bought into the whole uh, end of game hype that Tom Brady, the magic that he had made at the end of the game against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football a little bit under a week ago. And to be honest with you, Tom has looked, like I said that I was going to enjoy this season of Tom Brady at the beginning of the year because I thought that this was his last year playing football. In all honesty, I, I am not at all. This has been a horrendous year for Tom Brady, not just watching him play the sport, but just also statistically. It's been one of his worst years on record for Tom. And I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked that Tom after this game and really the, the report that came out came out before the game was played. So just so just so we're clear on that. It wasn't like Tom had come out after the loss and said, I'm gonna pursue all of my options potentially leaving Tampa Bay. It wasn't like that. It was before the game at about one o'clock. The game was played at four
0: It comes out from Ian Rappaport that Tom Brady is going to pursue all options. And I think he should retire. He's getting paid over the next 10 years $300 million
1: to go up into the booth at Fox and, and play. Not play, excuse me, but Cassie's football games for Fox. I think he should take the money and run and not come back to football. He is not very good. And this game, I mean, he was off all night. He was just inaccurate. He lost so much precision with his throws over this year. And it happened so quickly. It went from last year where Tom Brady was wheeling and dealing, icing and slicing people up to this year where he's throwing wet noodles out there, not these sharp knives, these sharp daggers
0: towards his receivers. And Again, it's been it's been freaking hard to watch. Cuz it's like it's like watching an old man try to hang out with like 20-year-olds. Unfortunately. It's literally like that. Or I'm just like pack it up. You're too old for this. So. It sucks. I love Tom. That's that's my fucking guy. I love fucking Tom Brady love Tom fucking Brady,
1: but I mean, I'll say he's playing like shit today. Not today, but throughout the entirety of the, of the football year, he's, he's terrible. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, or at least he played like it today. I mean, he couldn't generate anything. This is as bad of a game as I have seen of Tom Brady ever. Let me, let me pull up his like, Tampa Bay's scores, man, I mean, they have lost even some of their wins, right? Like, for example, against the Rams. Like, even a win like that, like, ooh, they beat, they beat the Rams. It was 13-16 to 16 against the Rams, who are abominable. Then last weekend, it was, oh, we're going to lose to the Saints, or we're going to barely beat the Saints. And then they lost to the Browns, and then they lost to the Panthers, and then they lost to the Steelers. She's like, what? How do you lose to these teams? Didn't they lose to Atlanta? No, 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 no. They have Atlanta week one. They beat Atlanta. Overall, my point is, I just don't see this team, or not even this team. I don't even want to talk about it in a team, in a team reference. I just want to talk about it specifically and purely from the perspective of Tom Brady and how bad he's played. Like, they're, they're done. Pack it up. It's over with.
0: I, I want him to retire, and the fact that reportedly he is not retiring is is not. It's not good. That is not a good thing. So oh, we'll see what happens. Oh my god, Tom! Please, dear God, retire after this year. Anyways. That was one of the, uh, the midday games we talked about Sunday night football.
1: 49ers, they're still pretty dangerous with Brock Purdy. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll say it. They're, they're, they're still pretty dangerous with Brock. What do they call it? Glock Purdy? What do they call him? Glock Purdy. Yeah, they call him now in San Francisco. They call him Glock Purdy down there.
0: But Brock Purdy... I think the 49ers, they have a shot with him as well. Another
1: game I talked about with closing out, Chiefs closed it out against the Broncos. That was probably the best shot that Russell Wilson has given to Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick, he had some awesome fucking throws, but he also threw a shit ton of interceptions. A shit ton. He threw three. Russell Wilson, like, statistically kind of had a better game than than Patrick Mahomes even though Russell Wilson threw for 100 yet less yards, excuse me. He didn't throw two more interceptions and the Broncos they barely lost. It was it was a close loss. They lost by six points, 34 to for four, uh to, 34, excuse me, to 28. Again, it was Russell Wilson's best year or not best year, but best game all year long and it still wasn't enough. Patrick Holmes gave up three
0: interceptions. Interceptions, excuse me. interceptions, god. Interceptions, still wasn't good enough. It's like, I know a lot of people are going to talk about Dallas next year or not next year. Jesus Christ, it's late.
1: Like, why am I fucking up so much? It's like, it's late, that's why. Everybody's gonna talk about Dallas and how close of a loss this game, this recent game against the Houston Texans is one of the worst teams in America. I would show you the Chiefs, win against, uh, against the fucking Broncos. With, with interceptions, with Russell Wilson giving them their best shot, they clutched it out, they iced it out, they won the game. With the Houston Texans giving the Cowboys their best shot, their best chance, with Dak Prescott throwing multiple interceptions, the Cowboys iced it out, they clutched it out today. Two of the worst teams in the NFL. Really, in my opinion, one and two. Because the Texans are kind of trying to lose games in the Broncos. They just have a donut for a head coach who just has no idea what he's doing. And a quarterback who's playing essentially as if he is the worst quarterback in the NFL. All of that amalgamizes into the worst team that is trying to win football games. The Texans are the worst team in the NFL because
0: they aren't trying to win football games. They still almost won today. They still almost won. Both teams did.
1: But the two teams that they played up against, two teams that they met in the wrong alley, went down that wrong alley, Cowboys and and uh and the freaking Chiefs,
0: freaking closed it out. 27-23, 34-28.
1: Miami didn't. I don't think Miami is one of the best teams in the in the NFL. We'll end with this. I know this was a short podcast, but that's kind of because I don't really have a lot else to talk about cuz some of the games were pretty straightforward if I'm honest with you. <clears throat> Final game was Carolina versus Seattle. Seattle kind of showed their ass here today, here tonight. Just showcasing off, just yeah, like we'll we'll have we'll we'll play some really really awesome games. We'll beat our division, we'll beat the teams in our division will be semi-competitive, but when it comes down to it, well, this is who we are. 30 to 24 against the Panthers, and really it wasn't even that close because like Miami did, they scored on their final drive of the game and then they kicked an onside field goal, or excuse me, an onside kick and it didn't work at all, very similarly to to Miami, except Miami's was closer. And Seattle with a home game with a huge advantage against
0: Essentially one of the worst teams in the NFL. Miami just they couldn't hack it. They couldn't pull it out. And they lost today against, I mean, goodness gracious, one of the worst teams in the the NFL.
1: Isn't that ironic, right? We have three teams: Seattle, Dallas, and Kansas City, all playoff contenders. Going up against three teams: Carolina, the Broncos, and the Texans, all of which are not playoff contenders. And Two teams, in my opinion, that are contenders. They won today. One, The one team that didn't, that's,
0: that played up against the Panthers, and Seattle, did not win. Panthers gave Seattle their best shot. Seattle just wasn't good enough today. So, I'm not sure what Seattle does from here. I don't know if you just go with,
1: with Geno Smith- like the plan has been all year long, essentially, long-term. I don't know if you like that plan anymore. Because Geno kind of lost you the game today. You also kind of need some help on defense because holy Christ were some of those guys just running straight through you, specifically Chuba Hubbard. And the freaking Carolina Panthers said, look, we're going to run the crap out of the football. We don't really care what you have to say or what you do. We're just going to keep on running it and Seattle was just like okay we'll we'll let you in we'll let you through. Weirdly enough, Seattle was great on third down, 6 for 13, 50%. That'll win you games. Seattle and the uh Seattle and uh what is it? The the Panthers were were similar in sacks allowed, but
0: the key difference was freaking time of possession. 39 minutes to 20 minutes. It's like how does that happen? Oh, I don't know. But I felt like Seattle probably should have been this team all along, but somehow, some
1: way, they just covered themselves or they masqueraded or they disguised themselves as a team that actually is able and capable of winning football games tonight. And
0: they got, or not tonight, but for the majority of the season. And tonight, they kind of got exposed. So. I think Seattle, and I said it, I don't know if I said it. Who did I say was the
1: first round? Oh, yeah, the Vikings. I said that the Vikings and the Giants, I think, are two first round eliminations. Chalk that up to Seattle as well. It also kind of depends on who they go up against. Like, if I, if the Cowboys go up against the Vikings, the Giants, or Seattle, just count it as a loss. If the Eagles go up against those three teams, Vikings, Giants, Seattle, it's another loss. It's, it's another elimination for those three teams. And I just, it like, the playoff picture is starting to become very, very clear for me as we have four more weeks left in the regular season with this game or, uh, excuse me, these sets of games being officially finished tonight. We have Monday Night Football with the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots tomorrow. I'll see you on Tuesday where we will wrap up kind of the weekend and have some some kind of like some conclusions on the weekend. I'll talk about Bryce Young potentially not leaving college and declaring for the draft because I haven't seen anything yet about it. I know he's being projected as the, as the, uh, as the number one overall pick, but I haven't seen him actually say like, yes, I am the number one. I'm going into the draft because I haven't seen that yet. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about some of these themes ad nauseum a little bit, or maybe not ad nauseum, Again, I'm tired. We'll talk about them more in depth on Tuesday. I get to watch Rick and Morty and
0: potentially watch The Breakfast Club. I'll see you on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. 24th podcast.